<gasps> you want to fucking go? Do you want to go, mate? You want to fucking go? <laughs> we'll fucking go. Sure, you want? What was it, buddy boy? Yeah, <laughs> buddy boy. I can't make any like fun sounds. Like, yeah, that's not. That wasn't fun. No, <laughs> <laughs> I can get my violin out and play uh, reggae for Carmen, which is a, what, which is a duet. Wasn't but... expecting you to say yeah. any of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not a single word yeah. of it. This episode of Making Games is Fun is with Anna Hollenrake. Anna is an incredible concept artist for the video games industry. They've recently made a small departure into the world of non-video game 2D animation. So we chat a bit about that towards the end. But our main chat is about Anna's incredible concept art and Anna's incredible personal work, which they also have a lot of concept art influence in. So... Anna's personal work is a lot of environments and a lot of worlds that they create with a real sense of place and a sense of them having been lived in or currently being lived in, even though they're largely kind of fantastical vistas. So I talked to Anna about how they create that stuff, why that's important to them in their work. And yeah, it's kind of 50% very, very silly chat and 50% very, very insightful and intelligent chat mostly from Anna not from me um yeah I just realized that Anna's basically very similar to me is in that sometimes I want to get really deep into stuff and also sometimes I just want to be really stupid and and silly and that comes across in the pod and it's really fun and I'm sure you will get that from it and enjoy it but yes Anna's an absolute joy to be around as I say talking to them about their work is just fascinating and amazing because they're so eloquent and intelligent and insightful about their own work and about art and what they enjoy about art and how they create art and it's really fascinating to get an insight into Anna's process so you've got all of that in there as well as just nonsense as well stupid silly bonkers um if you go to Anna's site whilst we're chatting at the very end I do a little bit where I just go through some of the concept art Anna's got on their site for Lola and the Giants. If you go to AnnaHollenrake.com, AnnaHollenrake.com, and go to the top, it says Lola and the Giant, and there's a series of fruit and vegetables, made-up fruit and vegetables that they made for Lola and the Giant as a concept. And I just go through each one because, quite frankly, some of them are absolutely fucked up Um, and, and take them to task on it. Look great from an artistic point of view, but would you eat them? I don't think so. Maybe one or two of them I like, but yeah. So if you have that and play along, it just makes it easier to see what we're chatting about. But, you know, you'll get something out of it otherwise anyway. Finally, if you're listening to this a week early, it means you subscribe to the Patreon. And if you aren't listening to it a week early, that means you haven't. Boo. Um, Have a look at www.patreon.com forward slash M-G-I-F. That's patreon.com forward slash M-G-I-F. And consider donating and helping me create more stuff and better stuff and more frequent and more regular stuff by helping me get that to become my main wage. We're still working at that, but the more support I get, the more things I can create and the more time I can spend on it and make other little things like video bits and other visual things to make a more rounded project because making games is fun it's the podcast but it's also the project at large the photo documentary and the document of the industry so i'd love to be able to start adding other little bits to that including little video bits that i've got an idea for so please consider donating i will now leave you alone and allow you to enjoy 
the latest episode of Making Games is Fun. You were good at art. I've heard, you allegedly. You can like, you just Rumours go, on the wind. <laughs> so, you, so in your head, you go, I'm thinking of a thing. And then mm-hmm. you do it and it comes out and it doesn't look like, like, a, like a bad horse or Some, something. No, no, I can absolutely confirm that can, a bad horse has happened to me many times. Can you draw a horse? No. And no one, no one will ever be able to draw a horse. Can nobody draw a horse? Is Literally that... nobody. Any horse that you've ever seen in art in any form has been a lie <laughs> it's conspiracy horse it 100 percent is uh i once tried to draw a horse and it went so badly that i turned it into a dragon i, I gave it big scales and like demon eyes because dragons thankfully don't exist and therefore there <laughs> is not a level to which to hold myself to <laughs> So I can lie, so which this, is safe. Dragon just looks like that because I made it up. So, exactly. So yeah. Up, yeah. It's actually. my style. Uh, original content. Do not steal. <laughs> <laughs> but draw... unfortunately, nature has copyrighted the horse, mm. and nature knows, nature knows. <laughs> that I am wrong. <laughs> so actually, to be to be fair, we're never infringing on copyright when we try and draw a horse because it doesn't look anything like one. So That's then true. We're, so yeah. then we're it's it's parody. Nature if looks at it and goes, ah, no, nah, it's nothing. It's like under it. the Creative Commons license because <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just so bad. <laughs> um, it's used for humor purposes only. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Otherwise, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So you do a lot of that drawing and art, don't mm-hmm. you? Yeah. I do. Um, when did you? Is that something you've always just? done or been interested in drawing art is it like you know people go well i just started picked up some paper and started doing the thing like is that does that ring true with you did you just always i was always drawing or is that just not i was always making stuff um Mm. but i had a unwavering dedication as a child to be a doctor um like i had to have these like four kids like medical books rationed to me right. uh, by my mum because I would read them so quickly okay because I was a giant nerd um <laughs> but what were they were they like stories about no they were called how your body works yeah <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> no it was honestly yeah stories about your small intestine <laughs> with cartoon friends yeah um but no, there was like a set of 50 of them yeah. and like I would be given one like every few days because I would read, I would like take it and I would sit and I would read it in 15 (laughs) minutes as quickly as I could to put all of this knowledge into my brain. Um, Yeah. So I was completely obsessed with being a doctor. I didn't like most stuffed toys, but I was totally chill with like my uh, anatomically accurate skeleton model (laughs) in my room. Like I was just like, absolutely fucking not Sylvester (laughs) plushy. Like you're creepy and I do not accept you. But that weird model, you know, the one which has got like half skin, half muscles and organs that you can remove. Oh, right. Think, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, hey. Yeah. 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 And I'm just like, rad. I'd love to take that eyeball out of his face. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm totally chill with that. And that doesn't freak me out at all. I know how to rearrange the liver here. Um, but yeah, so I was uh, super into being a doctor. Hmm. 
Um, and then I, uh, I was always on the computer though. Like I played a lot of games. Um, spoilers. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what, were you, what were you playing growing up? Oh, um, we had. Uh, it was weird. My parents were very kind of into tech, um, but then because me and my younger brother were quite close in age, and we basically fought over the computer our entire lives um, to the point of literal violence. Uh, I. I was always kind of playing educational games or I just wanted to be on the computer. So I played um, right. like educational Frogger, um, <laughs> educational top, Frogger. Down, top down racing games. Um, lots of, uh, there was like a, you know, the Dorling Kindersley educational ones with like the, uh, like the museum that you go around and right. there's like dinosaur bones yeah, and yeah. then you bring them back to life and suddenly there's like a t-rex in the museum stuff like that um i played an amazing educational game that should not have ever been released to children <laughs> okay. uh which was uh star wars droid works right. um and it was fascinating because it was basically almost portal-esque you were a person or a robot i think you're a robot put in charge of building droids that would go out and solve puzzles and do missions and a sarcastic overlord voice would make fun of you whilst doing it okay, okay. Um, that's, that's it was really cool, good right? it was really really good um but to get more uh bang for their buck the developers were like sick we've got all these levels but we need more content for these hungry children that require <laughs> educational games um, so all of these seven-year-olds are gonna get uh to play the levels again but with an assassin droid in the level that okay. they cannot hide from uh they cannot escape they cannot defend themselves from and the only terrifying. way of knowing where it is is the sound of it getting closer. Jesus. This awful grinding metal voice of like, I can hear um, And then it would just chase after you and then it would kill you. Um, that is exactly the same gameplay as Amnesia the Dark Descent and I'm very traumatized by it. Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, what, but whilst learning? Yeah, yeah. I'm scared and I'm learning. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. man, that's mad. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, so I played a lot of like educational games as well as like um, like a lot of Pokemon, um, Game Boy Color stuff. But yeah, like I just like to be on the computer. So I wasn't necessarily doing so much. I drew, like I copied the hell out of some Bugs Life picture books. Um, I would right. draw Pokemon a lot uh, and I do like dumb little comics. Um, but after deciding that being a doctor was far too much responsibility and the junior doctor contracts were not acceptable for me, um, I was like, you know what, I'm going to be a writer. Um, so I would just write stories and stories and stories. Um, I kind of, I think half the reason why I liked it was because I had a really loud mechanical keyboard. And so I just like would hammer stories out as fast as feasibly possible because it probably made me feel very mature and very like... It's the sound of it. Yeah. So I'm doing some serious... Like, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I also played a lot of Cats with Z3. Oh, like hell the Pets yeah. series. Yeah. Pets series, Yeah, mate. I played it to death. Like uh -huh. I used to really confuse uh, the... 
elderly ladies at the church I grew up in um because they'd be like oh how are you doing oh it's okay well it's like yeah yeah it's good oh, I'm playing with my pets inside the computer and they'd be really confused uh, they'd be like what the fuck is this kid chatting um but probably not in those words but um they were all just made of like the the, the animals were just made out of balls weren't they, they? Were, they were just, they like, were. just like a series of yeah, spheres weren't yeah they? um that and I would looking back I modded my pets because I was like really what? into yeah yeah like it doesn't there's feel a, like it but yeah I, are you I, telling me there's a modding community around the a, pets series there's like a huge community for it like <laughs> I would like browse GeoCities <laughs> websites and people would make like custom breeds there were like giraffes there were custom rooms with like different wallpapers and objects I had probably downloaded quite a lot of worm viruses through that but yeah I was um very very engaged with the pets modding oh, that, community that's really throwing me this is fucking modding mod scene around <laughs> the dogs and cats yep yep oh my god so they love that oh jesus I was- <laughs> I'd already like had a bit of a blast just remembering <laughs> yeah. that that existed. I'm like, fuck yeah, I used to play yeah. that. And then I'm like, there was a what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I... Oh, that's I'm 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 sorry, that's thrown me. Let's. That's all right. Bring it back. Bring actually, it back. destroyed me. What? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd just been kind of idly browsing round. And I think it must have been like a free webs or GeoCities website. Uh, just some random person had uploaded a bunch of like anime drawings and they captivated me. Uh, like I was consumed by them. I could still kind of see them in my mind's eye. I've no idea what they were, who it was by. So it's just the first time you've seen the style. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, and then I realized I was a weeb. And <laughs> because flooding in. Yeah. <laughs> in exactly the same way with like, the mad lines flying behind Yeah, you. yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yes. so I, <laughs> um, I found that. And then, uh, as I was mentioning earlier, I had just begun to engage with what I affectionately call as my dragon phase, uh, in which I uh, just obsessed over dragons and like collected my favorite illustrations of them. I ran not one, but two Aragon roleplay forums. Um, two, what, concurrently or? No, one of them, I, there was, that was later on, I suppose, but there was some drama with like my internet friends and right. one of them like got into the HTML and like changed the banner to a load of abuse. Aragon beef. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm going to change my name to as soon as I finish this Yeah, podcast. Yeah, exactly. Aragon beef Aragon is beef. your new Twitter bio. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, so uh, I just kind of discovered digital art um and at the same time i'd been for a while i'd been kind of poking around in code um back when i was about uh maybe eight or nine uh, i'd discovered basic on the windows 98 computer uh, that we had uh home of cats three and (laughs) (laughs) i'd been making little choose your own adventure games uh in basic on there um and so I'd kind of gotten into HTML and web design and my dad teaches guitar and as kind of like a swap with one of his friends, he agreed to teach uh, his friend's son how to play guitar if I got 
coding lessons or okay. digital kind right. of just yeah. digital stuff digital lessons. stuff yeah. yeah um and so he'd find tutorials on how to make a dragon in paint shop pro 9 um and hilariously my first ever piece of graphic software was legitimately bought like it, <laughs> yeah i i i had to shell out I didn't have to, but as my birthday present was like a Paint Shop Pro Nine license, oh, it barely even, it barely even had pressure sensitivity. Like I had a I had like a really janky tablet that didn't work whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just kind of fell down that hole. Like um, I just around about the age of thirteen, it just started to consume me. Um, and by the time I hit like fifteen, sixteen, I was painting every evening uh, i'd wake up at 6 a.m so that i could beat my brother to the computer uh, so that i could paint more <laughs> um right. like the jump in which from 15 to 16 honestly i think i peaked there because like i was just so creative like right, right. like the difference in like quality of artwork is ridiculous um still massively weeb kind of like sure. levels of anime um but <laughs> yeah like it was around about that time. Whilst I was still writing a lot though. Like I still, I wasn't even sure if I wanted to take uh, art until I discovered that concept art was a thing. Like I very nearly didn't take. Right. There's a difference between just being like, I just need to yeah. make stuff. Yeah. As opposed to like thinking you could make it into a career, right? Yeah. Yeah. When did you think that was possible? Or you just said, sorry, concept art. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I knew about concept art on um, DeviantArt, but it wasn't really... There weren't that many, like, professionals uh, posting there. Um, or at least it didn't feel like there were. Like, it seemed... It hadn't really clicked for me that people could actually, like, make that and art was required for it. Um, but I was still playing a ton of games. And there was a very kind of clear moment for me where that happened. Uh, I was playing Fable two or fable three i'm not sure which okay. uh but in the loading screens there are posters advertising uh products in that world yeah um and they are digitally painted and round about this time i was kind of giving up on this is round about when i was like 16 17 uh i was giving up on the idea of anime and manga because i couldn't do line work but like digital painting was still really appealing to me okay so I had this kind of crystallizing moment where I was just like, oh my God, a human being painted those posters. Yeah. A human made the game. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, people worked on this. Um, and so I was like, oh, I'm a people. <laughs> Wait a minute, I'm a people. <laughs> I could do this. Uh, so It's funny how many people went through that mm. sort of um, moment of going wait a minute people actually put this stuff together it doesn't yeah. just come out it's honestly strange but like i think everyone did but yeah. it's just such an odd presumption isn't it? you think well of course they did because someone has to do it like yeah but no i think when you're a kid even as an adult to be honest yeah, like yeah. you just imagine like pokemon descending fully formed <laughs> like this perfect creation um but then after a while when you know how things are put together you have the really awful realization as you're watching uh, pokemon opening uh kind of vignette and you realize that there are low poly hand painted trees and you're like yeah. i make low poly hand painted trees it's not magic anymore <laughs> yeah it's, does it like cause, it's cause yeah trade off between obviously you love art i mm. would imagine it's something mm -hmm. you quite like a little bit yeah. a little bit it's a little bit sometimes uh sometimes it's all right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um but obviously if you're just constantly um 
immersed in it and and it's your job and, and it's your job to think about it on a technical level and on a detailed level because you're like is this am I doing this right is that right does that as you say does that that seems to kind of spoil things sometimes sometimes I yeah. remember being in us two games uh office when the um Breath of the Wild trailer dropped yeah and you had some of the office going wow wow and then the art team were like Look at that texture. That's disgusting. I was literally... Okay, I had two examples to provide to you. Yeah. Uh, one of them was um, when I'd first started first started learning 3D and Skyrim came out right. and I saw a, a, a seam on a tree and I was just like, games are dead to me now. All I can see is errors. Um, and then the second one was playing Breath of the Wild for the first time mm. and just kind of like, I woke up as Link. I was just like, sweet, I've got the chic slate. Yep. I'm going to climb over that ledge that teaches you how to climb. Mm-hmm. No, I'm not going to. I'm just going to stand here and look at the like normal mapping on this bit of dirt. <laughs> and like, I'm just going to move back and forth as I see like the light like moving over it. And I'm just like, what the fuck? That's so low resolution, but it's been so well put together that you don't notice. And just like wandering around, looking at the lodding on the trees and just yeah. like, all of your leaves are so flat, but it's such a beautifully curated game that you don't notice what the fuck's going on. So yeah, it does kind of, yeah. yeah, it just, it's useful to have, but also um, you kind of want to be able to switch that part of your brain off a mm. little bit as well. So I was pretty set on um, doing a game art course uh, and because I am an incredibly extra person to the core, I researched every single game art course in the country. Um, So I decided to do a foundation art course, um, which was one of the worst experiences of my life. Uh, Oh, really? It was almost... just comedically bad really comedically i um it was kind of useful because i got my a-level results and i was told that to get onto an art course you usually needed a foundation art um qualification um and it taught me a lot of things about what i don't like and a no is still an answer and that's important Mm. (laughs) um but on the flip side i had to sit around a lot of fine art people for an extended period of time um and it was d- genuinely hazardous to my health uh, <laughs> <laughs> um like, it was just it's just one guy who would just hang things from the ceiling with string including like like old school hoovers that kind of thing so it was quite dangerous right um but no i just didn't really gel with it like i had a very clear idea of what i wanted to do and so i just kind of rocked up and was like i'm gonna work on my portfolio uh and the tutor was like no you're gonna you see how you're painting little squares of color next to each other to figure out what looks what you're gonna be painting squares for the next month and a half because that's interesting and i'm just like i want to just let me embrace the void (laughs) (laughs) um so it was dreadful um but it was a good learning process because it made me very appreciative of what I really cared about. Mm. Um, and I also uh, managed to uh, meet like other people who are really into digital art uh, through that and ended up kind of being in a little community because of that, that we all kind of lifted each other up through. Mm. 
So that was very useful. Um, but while I did that, I basically just pulled myself into research. So I decided to go check out every single game art course and see the graduate work. Um, and I narrowed it down to a few. Um, I ended up kind of torn between uh, game art at De Montfort University and uh, the game art course at the University of Glamorgan. Okay. Um, but De Montfort University were like, hey, we'll give you money and it's also <laughs> unconditional. And I was just like, fucking nice. Um, I like the also, that <laughs> Hey, we'll give you money. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, like uh, they also... Uh, in that kind of self-flagellating artist kind of way, they called the first year boot camp. Um, right. And basically, uh, you got there and they were like, sweet, okay, you're going to learn artistic fundamentals. Nowhere teaches them anymore. We are going to teach them. Right. You're going to go out. This is like first week. You're like, go out to the canal draw one point perspective and don't you dare come back until you've nailed it like put your stick your thumb out and do that yeah 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 i nearly got savaged by a swan (laughs) that week (laughs) but uh yeah so (laughs) there was a lot of like get out there swan swan or not (laughs) the swan was an art graduate as well it's like you're doing it wrong (laughs) break your arm i got some fucking hoovers next to you (laughs) um (laughs) yeah so uh I did game art at De Montfort University um, and it was very, very focused. Like it has, uh, it had and still has an amazing like alumni. Like uh, there's so many DMU grads all over the games industry. So I was like, okay. sweet, there we go. Nice. Yep. Yep. Um, so I studied there for three years. I hated 3D with such a passion for two of them. But I think part of that was kind of because they literally made us go and make trash. Like our first project, like, yeah, first project, first 3D project was to go out and like uh, make a wheelie bin. Hmm. But the thing was you had to source your own textures. So um, we had to go out in roving bands of like five or six and we each had to take it in turns <laughs> to photograph random wheelie bins that we found on the street. Right. Um, and uh, so we would make trash um, and uh, it didn't make 3D super appealing. Uh, and I think that kind of disinterest that I have still slightly stands till this day. Why do you think they did that why do you think they opened with like go and make a bin they've changed it now they they have much more exciting projects now um right but it was like an easily accessible i can see why they did it it has um simple enough geometry while still having different shapes you've got cylinders you've got cuboids you've got a handle if you want to be a little bit like uh saucy with the topology someone's got to do that yeah exactly yeah oh yeah like that's the thing like environment art is like some people love it oh yeah i was at hello games quite a few years ago when they're making joe danger 2 and and one of the art books they had was the crates of deus ex and Mm. it was like it's like a hundred pages of crates and i was like what the fuck is this crates of that and um was it grant grant is the lead artist i was like no, it might have been Jake. I don't. But he was like, "I love, no, I love it, man." He was like, "Look at this one." <laughs> like opening, look at this one. I'm yeah. like, it's just, it's just another crate. What are you talking about? Honestly, though, like that is like ninety percent of environment art. Like, um, you've got to just have stuff around. There yeah. was like this guy. Um, I never learned his name, but he was like a rumor, like a, a whisper on the wind. Uh, <laughs> okay. 
like at my course and he was just known as the tree guy um like apparently he would just rock up with like t-shirts with like trees on (laughs) like he knew all about trees tree Um, memes yeah yeah and he just made trees and he's been very successful as an environment artist making trees he makes like tree systems yeah yeah like he's fucking on it he's not behind speed tree is he i I honestly couldn't tell you but it would not surprise me (laughs) um but yeah so uh that's kind of that's that's yeah i did i did game art i was pretty clear in what i wanted to do like i tend to approach um i'm quite practical in that regard i was like i'm not gonna go to uni unless it's job training um because it's so expensive so why did you go for game art specifically why like because i wanted to work in games i wanted to be a concept artist um it was a direct route in um and also that course specifically taught artistic fundamentals and i was in quite a lot of art communities that focused on that and it's really rare to find somewhere that will be like we're not gonna let you draw an orc we're gonna make you draw proper anatomy yes um we're going to make you learn perspective you're not gonna do like a fun sexy sci-fi babe uh (laughs) sorry mate you're not allowed (laughs) learn how to draw properly like learn like to crawl before you can walk yeah um yeah or backflip or whatever like um yeah so it was really really focused on um getting those basics I imagine that really helped as well yeah oh yeah like that grounding and just yeah. this technique right yeah yeah like uh if you don't have artistic fundamentals then you're not really going to know how to break the rules either yeah. um and push shapes um i have a lot of issues with some like courses that just exist for the sake of like kids who are like oh i I'm, i want to i like video games so i'm gonna and it's like no you need it's hard yeah it's hard um like you really like don't take advantage yeah teach people like the difficult but necessary uh aspects of art making yeah rather than just making it attractive just to fill up the yeah just so you you get what you need and yeah 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 that's true allow everyone to peek behind the curtain and i was going to attempt to say a question that i've written down okay like i was just saying it like i'm just saying it but i'm, yeah. I'm just gonna read it yeah out, uh, do verbatim. it my god you like to create art with a strong sense of place why is that important to you <laughs> well <laughs> let me please answer you. thank you <laughs> thank you um <laughs> i like making things that feel i always say loved and lived in i've said that a thousand times at conventions now and it feels dead in my mouth but the the, um even though it's true yeah you've got your answer yeah the um i think i like to provide somewhere that feels safe i get a lot of people that say um i really want to live there um yeah i really want to be in that space um i think it's very kind of um guided by uh studio ghibli um that kind of warmth i think even though their worlds are still kind of dangerous they seem fair 
yeah. And I like that feeling of things making sense. Um, even if they're kind of fantastical, like they make sense and they're warm. Um, yeah. And so you have uh, rules and uh, grounding to those spaces. So I put a lot of thought into uh, how things should be dependent on the way the world is built. For example, if it's rainy, um, they wouldn't have flat roofs because they wouldn't be able to drain the water. How would they drain the water? How would they get their electricity? Um, how would they decorate their homes? Um, how would they communicate with each other? How would um, different groups of people uh, kind of celebrate something or um, just kind of exist in that space? And I tried to make there feel like there's rules with that um yeah i suppose you're applying <clears throat> what you might do with concept art as to personal work right because if you're doing a piece of concept art you it's got a like you say have those things that will make sense if should this yeah. turn into a, a, a place that players are going to inhabit or a story or you know whether it's a game or, or not yeah um if it's going to become a world with a story then those things have to make sense right yeah absolutely and um it's a really lovely thing to riff off as well um because you kind of can understand uh the world like you can put two and two together in terms of uh how people are like living in that space um i'm really worried i'm just making word salad right now <laughs> uh, <laughs> no no it's just, no it's right yeah. yeah so um but why so why so let's um I'll, I'll focus the question in a bit then. Um, do you did you start making that kind of thing before a concept art career, or is it something that's developed since? I think so. I hated doing environments, like okay. which is weird because that's the thing that I do most now. <laughs> right. um, and I think I didn't really have the baggage that comes with doing characters that I have because I have so many hangovers from my very kind of anime uh days and so um I feel like I got to apply my more kind of like adult analytical eye to how people live my interest right. in narrative is really strong as well um and I've always had this really big focus on things making sense um so once I started to understand environments uh which was only really about second year third year of university that was the kind of point where it started to click and at that point I'd been building 3d environments anyway so they had to be like turnable in 3d space like they couldn't uh they had to make sense um they couldn't just be broken for the sake of looking cool uh everything that i made in terms of an environment painting usually had to translate somehow into 3d um but i think that my interest in um making worlds feel grounded and uh sensible even though they're fantastical um in a way that i think allows people to relate to them it goes back to when i was a kid like i hated having uh, a doll's house that didn't have stairs in right. because it didn't make sense to me that uh, dolls would be able to just step up to the next floor. Sure. I would make pulley systems. <laughs> um, Amazing. Because I was like, no, it doesn't make sense. They need to be able to get up to the next floors. Yeah. Otherwise, they're breaking the fourth wall and leaving this world that has established rules like floors and walls. Um, 
so I think I always had a very kind of strict sense of uh, logic behind right. the environments. And I think when you're making a world like that, I think you humans can understand it better. Um, it yeah. has, it, and they're still kind of inhabited places. Like everything that I paint is drawn from me visiting a place and seeing how other people decorate their homes and live and that kind of thing. Um, so I think it's just quite a naturally kind of empathetic approach. It allows people to connect with that world a little bit more. It's interesting that it says, um, it says more about people when you draw an environment in which people are living. Yeah. Perhaps than like a single study of a, of a character. Like, yeah. Cause you're kind of. I guess with a character portrait, you're you're making assumptions the the way you would get across. I mean, stop me if this is bullshit, <laughs> but I, in my head, you would make the way you put um, personality in that character portrait is what they're wearing, maybe their expression, and maybe like a, an accessory or something they're doing. Mm. Um, and that's kind of if you're just going off a single character portrait, that's usually as much as you can get in i guess but yeah. if you're doing an, an environment with people in it you can then say oh well you can see what the culture's like and maybe what attitudes like you can put so much into that right i think alongside that you also have to consider the context of the portrait because if you're approaching it from a world building perspective there is a larger narrative than just the character yeah. if the character is existing in that space and they're still having the portrait taken of them then what kind of mindset are they in they're probably most likely trying to present the best version of themselves yeah you don't know what kind of state they are at at that point but i think with environments you can show the world as it is on a day-to-day -day basis if that makes sense yeah um like you can obviously dress it up but it exists just like that um yeah like i don't know um you could a character will sit up with their back straight and try and behave yeah. in a certain way does that make sense it does um, no it does it's it's like it's why i don't enjoy uh oh well not don't enjoy, I, I rarely like to take a portrait in a studio or with no you know with a completely black background or a completely yeah. white background unless it's for a specific purpose because yeah. i just it, i just you just can't get anything across it except for this is their face yeah and yep. that might be all you want to do and it looks nice you've lit it well and it's and it's it's interesting to look at and that's yeah. still fine and fun and, and good but yeah like you need to put someone in the context of a, yep. an environment their environment or some environment yeah because that's kind of people people are made up of who they are but also where where, where yeah. they are right? yeah absolutely and i think it's interesting i talk to a lot of students uh doing conventions and talks and that kind of thing and i find the language fascinating because i think in games everything is called like we we call concepts environments like we we refer to these spaces as environments yeah and uh something that a lot of students do is they refer to them as backgrounds um and i think just oh. the uh just the language behind that implies that they're secondary um and people don't consider the sheer amount of information that you can put in an environment and the yeah. amount of story and the amount of cultural context um and i think that it's kind of missing a trick because there is so much story that you can pack into one space um in that regard 
so yeah and uh, the other the other th- thought which is backtracking a little bit i was going to say is um applying those rules to whatever environment you're creating so that it makes sense is a bit like uh what people do with good sci-fi right mm. where it's like you can make it as uh fantastical as you want but to make it resonate with people the the qualities it's those intangible qualities that you keep in there that make sense to the human condition yeah honestly because that's that's then you then you take away the um the the kind of what's the word superficial aesthetic element and you and actually you're boiling things down to like the essence of a person yeah and honestly um I have a bit of a problem with a lot of modern sci-fi um, because I think it is too clean. I uh, I find that going back to the whole empathy side of things, um, you want to be able to see those human aspects or those understandable aspects in whatever kind of genre or medium. Yeah. Um, and I think the best sci-fi and the best fantasy uh plays up to uh how humans are messy and they customize things and they exist in those spaces um and uh, i often say if you show me a blank wall i'll give it a week before a human being writes their name on it or they spill some coffee on it or um just something happens like we aren't clean (laughs) like as a species we make mess we like to change things up and um I think that's why Star Wars resonates with so many people because everything's a bit scruffy. Everything's got a sticker on right, it. Right. Everything's yeah. kind of a little bit scrambled and mashed up, but in a way that's very human and has a history behind it. Um, yeah, I see. I see what you mean there. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. And I think it's very, very boring when you just have like some smooth alien kind of cleanness. It's not something that you can empathize with. <laughs> can tell so much from a really well done bit of concept art exactly what the world is going to be like um for example there's oh there's a phenomenal piece of concept art for bioshock infinite um i realize this is difficult to communicate given this is a uh audio medium um but uh just have to work with me uh (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's a piece by ben lowe i think uh and it's the opening kind of approach to uh columbia it's columbia isn't it oh yeah infinite yeah 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 um and so you've got these huge golden angel kind of trumpeters uh leaning over this massive walkway and it's got columbia welcomes you and then it's got um the kind of uh ideal american family kind of 1950s-esque kind of uh patriarchal father and then like a woman holding like a child or something Uh, and then you've got uh the guy in charge whose name i cannot remember kind of standing above him and it's all very kind of fever dream-esque but it's creepy it looks impressive but it's creepy because you've got like the angels being uplit with this kind of almost greenish light there's this haze behind the archway that you can't really make out no one's leaving and it all just this centralized composition it's very symmetrical it just pulls you in it's very religious and everything behind it is kind of hazy and you don't really know what's going on but it doesn't feel 
safe. Mm. Like it's bright and sparkly and clean and beautiful, but there is something wrong. Uncanny. <laughs> um, yeah, kinda, exactly. Yeah. Um, and just something like that can just describe like the it, that image described the um like the kind of social structure uh it comes across it describes the religious structure uh it describes um the time period and the physical environment as well um there are so many things that it's communicating with you in just one single image um you probably have to like link to it or something yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a hell um, of a skill though like yeah. i can see i can see it in yeah. my head you know that is a hell of a skill isn't yeah. it? just to have that and then and then that setting the tone for what stories might be told there and, and yeah. everything really like you can you can, if you've got a strong enough bit of concept out like that it's yeah. like here's what the game is and, and people look at it and go oh yeah okay yeah yep. right yeah off i go uh-huh. i know what to do see you yep. later yeah uh yeah no it's it's when you can nail something like that and really get the mood um you can the viewer might not realize that they've put those things together but like it's still setting that kind of like emotional response like mm, mm, something's not right or something's gonna go wrong um so how do you when you're doing something like that how do you go about it um if i there, think if there is one approach i don't know i but. mean so uh when i was working on one game called lola and the giant um i was working really closely with the designers uh and i really like to use emotive language uh because that's something that everyone can understand really I think that when you're getting really technical, people just end up glazing over a little bit. There's yeah. always a massive kind of communicative dissonance between like what feels like the three big pillars of like making like the actual games content, which tends to be the art, the programming and the design. So it's like, how do we talk through this? And I tend to use um, emotive language with designers because our project lead uh, he would say, I want it to feel wistful. Uh, I want it to kind of feel a bit melancholic. Yeah. Um, and with that, like when you think of melancholy, the kind of images that come up tend to be like, for example, a open plane, uh, like some hills gently rolling in the background. It's a little bit blustery. There's like a couple of single trees. Yeah. Um, like it's bright, but maybe a little bit cold. I've got an exact, um, exact, yeah. <laughs> I've got an exact picture from... Um, the album art for a door by the smashing pumpkins in my head which yeah. has exactly that in it in, in yeah. noir and black and white alternatively the windows xp uh iconic rolling hills <laughs> background <laughs> no <laughs> so, so melancholy yeah. <laughs> um yeah no so uh i would kind of talk through that yeah um and then uh, I'd usually take like their gray box and just start painting into it and trying to like narrow down on that feeling. But the thing is, I tend to work, I'm, I tend to work by adding and then taking away. Like I find images more than I set out to uh, yeah. create them. Okay. And uh, whenever I'm like, I'm going to make this thing, it almost never turns out that way. Like I have to add a bit and then take away a bit and add a bit and take away. And the story of it gradually tends to evolve as I'm working. So I'll have like an idea but for example, um, if I need to design a cute little tumble down house, I'll draw the house and then I'm like, oh, you know, it would look really cute here. Oh, some little plant pots. Oh, and then oh, and then we'll walk over to this bit and then we'll add like some gardening equipment. Mm. Oh, and then maybe over here there's a rockery and ah, oh, I'll put a swing right there. And oh, look, they're hanging out some clothes and maybe there's like three people that live in the house. So they each get some clothes like that are kind of 
to them and oh we'll come back around and maybe they've got like a like a mailbox and maybe they've done a little design on the mailbox and like the kids like put a handprint on it or something Hmm. um and then do they have the gate open or is it shut like is the house like overgrown what kind of do they take care of it like what's the hobbies like is there like a hobby that we can communicate here um oh and then we'll walk down the road a little bit like it's just kind of yeah it's it's like i'm going for a i'm going for a trip in my head um so i really like to do that yeah that's yeah it's kind of an exploration for me as well because otherwise i get bored Hmm. i get bored so easily (laughs) i think i like that kind of using that line of questioning to yourself like what do they do with this and like just expanding those questions out to create that's really neat actually i like yeah and then it kind of makes sense like it just is a story that kind of goes on its own little walk yeah and that's how you put life into something because yeah like you said as i know we're going back over what we just said but it then makes sense on some level even if to the viewer you don't necessarily have to ask or answer those questions you just see it as it is presented and that's why it feels like a real place because yeah. you've gone through those questions to yeah. make it make sense and that, that so that the person doesn't have to they just get the effect of going oh yeah i could be there which is cool yeah which is like that's the kind of magic that um well i'm sure you can still see it when you've made something but you know the questions you've asked but if yeah. you don't know the questions and you can ju- and you just look at it with all those answered that's kind of gives it well that you can answer those questions of... yourself if you're interested enough <clears throat> yeah. Like, yeah yeah um i but you get the benefit of the initial like yeah. oh cool this that looks really oh wow well i could live that yeah like yeah. you say and like yeah i think that's why you get that kind of almost like a surprising a su- uh, not a surprising reaction as in the person is surprised yeah at how you know well that's the thing lived in it feels yeah like that's the thing i find that um when i'm uh pointing stuff out to a lot of uh like potential customers who come by my convention stand um i tend to show them the little stories that are hidden and stuff and yeah. it's always kind of like this kind of delighted kind of oh i didn't realize that um like there's always a story like i have one painting where you've got this little couple that have moved into their new kind of hilltop house mm. um and their witches obviously because that's kind of can't help it i can't help it i have a brand <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh but there's a lot of little hints to the story yeah um so it's quite remote they've got like a big chunky uh like stove fire thing kind of tacked on to the end of the house they've got a well so they're clearly having to like not fend for themselves but like it's it's a remote area yeah um they are midway through unpacking there's like some decorations that are halfway being put up um so you know that they're kind of new there uh there's just boxes out on the lawn and uh they one of them is directing the other uh helping them to put up a satellite dish uh onto the top of this kind of tower that's covered in like aerials and that kind of thing so it's like oh i wonder what they're doing maybe they do research or maybe they monitor something Mm. um there's a little story that's in there that isn't particularly complicated but it's something that is human and approachable and everyday enough that i think is kind of friendly mm, and yeah. interesting yeah. um and it's that magical realism kind of side of stuff that i really like so yeah, yeah. it's cool yeah 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah um right oh god so many other things to ask i was gonna move forward um but i know i'll actually be in trouble if i don't ask you this because <laughs> a friend of mine specifically said <laughs> ask her about clothes i was like okay <laughs> 
Can, do I get to find out which which person asked that you? That would be Sean. Sean. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. He's yeah. always going on about that. Ah. Uh. Um. So I was just gonna say, like, how did you come to find the florals? <laughs> As someone who just goes, oh, I'm just gonna. What's that? Is that clothes in my my? my I like I like dressing nicely, but you know, like I'll, most days I'll be like. Is that a clothes? Yes. <laughs> put it on. Does it fit? No. I would like one fresh fabric, please. <laughs> yes. Yay! Now I am less cold. Swaddle me. <laughs> now I can leave the house yeah. le- legally. Um, like, what is? Well, what was do you think the process? If there was a process, but just going. Oh, this is what I like wearing. Or this is what I like. It's kind of tied into me figuring myself out more as a person. Right. Um, like. I and a big part of like I guess more like gender and sexuality side of stuff. Yeah. Um, like I kind of affectionately refer to myself pre twenty seventeen as uh LARPing as Taylor Swift. Like <laughs> I I would literally take like a picture of her, like to the hairdressers to just be like this, please. Um just because I didn't really know what to do. And I'd never ever enjoyed shopping for like dresses or skirts or um trying right. to be like inherently girly. Like I absolutely would try. Uh I remember um like uh an old boyfriend of mine's parents um were like oh we'll get you a lovely vintage dress uh for christmas we'll take you to this lovely vintage dress shop and i remember just being in there in a state of crisis because i was like i hate everything here. i hate everything and nothing looks good it's all hideous um but i needed to be pleasant uh and i was like i was like no i need i was like i'll work through this i'll work through this um i got something that was kind of i didn't actively like loathe it but i just mm. never felt comfortable um so i wasn't like a completely ungrateful shit like uh i was like oh this will do this is this is nice like i don't feel good about it but i don't feel bad right um but I'd always wanted to like wear kind of more suits and stuff. I guess the suits thing is kind of my main thing. Um, for context, I wear a lot of floral suits. Um, and uh, I uh, remember getting like a lilac pantsuit when I was eight. Uh, as oh, my right. special occasion outfit. Uh-huh. Um, and that really should have been a sign. Um, but no, uh, for, a, I, for a while, I was just kind of like dressing in a very kind of like traditionally, what I what felt as me just trying to kind of be like nice and pleasant and acceptable and straight. And then, around about 2017, uh, I was quite depressed and I also really liked scalp massages. Um, That's and quite so, a combo. <laughs> and so like I was also uh, working somewhere that kind of paid me enough uh, that I kind of, I'd not had like a, a like a nice salary before. Oh, right, okay, yeah, yeah. And so I was just like, I'm going to go to Tony and Guy every month and I'm going to spend 50 pounds on a haircut and they're going to rub my scalp, but I'm also going to get more and more hair cut off because I cannot justify spending this much money if I'm not getting a significant change to my hair. 
Yeah, yeah, no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of cut that all off and then I started bleaching it because I have a really short, I moved to a new place, um, and we didn't have any internet and I, I've said before, I, I get very bored. And so I was just like, I'm going to put chemicals on my hair because <laughs> we don't have television. So, <laughs> so I did that and, uh, started dyeing it weird colors and uh at that point i had become quite loud on twitter and i was finding a very kind of openly queer community right um and i was like i can wear the things i've always wanted to wear <laughs> i'm going to buy clothes from the men's section yeah um, like, you're gonna do what yeah. <laughs> um and uh so i just started like just experimenting with androgyny a lot more. Yeah. Um, and, oh, it felt amazing. I was yeah. just like, I feel good about this. What the fuck? This is how everyone felt. And I... Yeah. Is this how people... This is people... This is why they like shopping. Um, this is what they're on about. <laughs> yeah. It probably helped that, like, uh, I worked above a Ted Baker outlet. Um, and, oh, boy, do they have some good florals. Um, <laughs> so I would just kind of fall into there and, like, weep over how expensive the waistcoats were. <laughs> um, and then I kind of was like... I'm sure it was it was basically me kind of going fuck it and just trying something mm. and finding that I loved it. Yeah. Um and uh yeah, like there's definitely I've eased off on wearing ties in more casual situations now because I think I'm more kind of enjoying like this. I uh, for a, for a while I was very kind of like we're going to do formal, we're going to do formal all the time. Okay. Um and I would like I I came up with this like fancy Friday thing. Uh uh uh, my studio where I was like I'm going to wear a waistcoat and a bow tie like a proper bow tie like like a bow tie that isn't a clip on and I'm going to have a pocket square <laughs> I'm very extra um, but now it's more kind of like I've chilled out with that and I just like the kind of flirtation between like masculine and feminine which is kind of where it plays into like gender as well because i'm kind uh -huh. of a bit like nah, fuck it with the whole gender thing anyway um so i'm <laughs> yeah, like yeah. i'm like Wee! uh uh that's so, a good noise yeah <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so yeah so it's yeah so it's obviously that it, it, it it's very important to you and obviously a follow the joy is always important yeah to you anyway, so it, it runs through everything like, yeah so yeah so it's gonna but it's similar to color in that like i got color in a way that I couldn't really describe because I just like to follow that feeling of it feeling really good mm. um and now it's just like oh no I just oh I'll, I mean you got you got rules it feels weird talking about all the clothes stuff because it's like <laughs> but it, honestly I feel like I'm better known for my suits than for my art yeah no point. that's it isn't it <laughs> it's like how oh, tell me that suit like, oh. <laughs> right. I don't mind it like, like I it think... wasn't like it wasn't me that's all right oh no, no, no it's fine it's fine it's fine Sean <laughs> no no honestly like um I think I think it's interesting that you can draw a line draw a line <laughs> <laughs> art <laughs> jokes oh, <laughs> oh, it paints quite oh, a picture, doesn't oh, it? Yes, yes. Uh, I'm Sorry. Um, <laughs> you can draw a figurative line. Yes. Um, just between like art and, and aesthetic being mm. the whole thing and, and also it helping you understand yourself and understand what you like. Yeah. In that you can do that with your art and you can do that with what you wear. Yeah. And I mean, I kind of view it as... Um, our human forms are the most elaborate character creator we're ever going to get. Yeah. Like you can, you can do whatever the fuck you want. 
to it. Like it just, you could just, just you, wear some weird you shit. Kind of just the uh, nasolabial fold uh. in Dark Souls, which is the <laughs> bit on your nose. Oh, the Cupid's bow? Or no, that. Oh, no, oh. it's that bit. Or is it that oh. bit? I don't I don't Caramel. know. Anyway, I know you can move it about and change the numbers on it. So, I mean, uh, that would... Uh, I would appreciate... You can do that in real life as well. I would like to be <laughs> able to just, like, wildly move my ears up and down. Whilst talking Dumbo-esque. to someone. yeah. <laughs> on a slider that you've got underneath the yeah, desk. Just yeah. So they just go... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just my eyes suddenly start ascending <laughs> toward my forehead. That would be helpful. I've got a really big forehead. So, like... <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, just 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 disappear under your hairline. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just when you're bored of talking to someone, you can just yeah, like you just can just retire your face. Yeah. Put a yeah. nose around the back, and then they're just talking to a blank square. Yeah. Yeah. That <laughs> until they get the message and just walk off. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be horrifying though if your mouth just yeah. slowly slides down, like down your neck, and just disappears <laughs> under your collar, and you're just <laughs> they'll just drift off in different directions. <laughs> you're working on you you've 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 abandoned video getting i know games forever no. sorry, I'm sorry. Um, you work on some 2d animation now yes um it's kind of hilarious how i actually like got into doing it um <laughs> okay uh i was asked to give a small speech at uh this event called the children's media conference and I was part of the change makers. Um, and basically the change makers were like advocates for things uh, that were kind of inciting uh, kind of more development and inclusivity and uh, healthier attitudes in the industries that they worked in. Uh, and I went there to talk about how people kept leaving games because they were burning out and uh, how we needed to make everything more welcoming so that people would stop burning out of games um and then and then maybe people wouldn't leave games so much and then i bumped into uh the studio head uh of my uh current animation studio and pretty much was like hey do you want to leave games and i was just like i guess so (laughs) (laughs) that's great (laughs) yeah uh but like it's a good way to close the talk and yeah to, to prove it i'm <laughs> fucking <out>. <laughs> <laughs> um but no it was it it definitely felt like one of those like wild like once in a lifetime opportunities like at that point it wasn't even like an art director role um it was just like hey, do you want to work in animation do you like visual development and i was just like shit i've never done that before that seems like i'll learn a hell of a lot um and yeah i have it's incredible like it's yeah, yeah. really really cool um and I think I never had that moment of like, oh, people make animation in a similar way to like, oh, people make games. So, yeah. Yeah. It was kind of... That is cool. Yeah, it was, it was very cool. It was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, though I turn up to like games events, it's like, I'm an interloper. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Don't look at me. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they seem different. Yeah. <laughs> Did you leave games no no, no. <laughs> look i'm right here look i've got a nintendo switch with me right now look yeah. see it's fine yeah. look i've just got a hand just see? overflowing with There's xbox 360 it. controllers you're watching a film yeah. <laughs> oh. <No>. it's actually <laughs> a 3d mo- it's like a 3d stop motion plasticine model of a 360 yeah. it's just doing a small walk cycle on my hand <laughs> it gets too near a fire and it just sort of yeah. melts you're like yeah. oh no yeah i'm sorry i've been foiled yeah 
Now then, I want to finish with this. Okay. Right. Is this going to require me to think about? Oh, that's my that's my website. This is you. This is your website. But yeah. Right. What have I? Oh, we, need, no. we need to talk about some of these, like Lola and the Giant. Oh, okay. Okay. Right. I don't know if I feel like I'm about to be scolded. We need to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so on, on Lola and the Giant, there is a kind of a case study you put up of. A case study. A case study. Look, yeah. I don't know the lingo. All right. <laughs> An investigation. <laughs> of. Of. What, what did you call it? What was this the proper term? Like a study of. like. Oh, a, oh, yeah. Like a, um, I guess it would be a series of prop concepts. Concepts. Yeah. 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 Of. Of. Um, some. Some. Fruits. And vegetables. vegetables. And, and quite frankly, some of them are fucked up. <laughs> okay. And I wanted I'm, to. I wouldn't disagree. <laughs> <laughs> and we need to talk through which ones you would actually consider eating. Oh, okay. You think would be nice Genuinely, you see how like um, some of those ones. So I'm pointing once again visual medium, yeah, visual. <laughs> uh, audio medium. Um, so as a cu- I did 3D models of uh, these fruits and vegetables. They're mashups, um, and I did a raw <laughs> version, a cooked version, a burnt one, and the cooked version <laughs> is on here. And I just spent the entire day hungry. Like I was so hungry the whole time. Um, I was just looking at like roast potatoes, just like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so because some of them are great right yeah and some of them are deeply cursed some of them are terrifying <laughs> so right straw sumer strawberry satsuma fine yeah yeah no problem it's gonna, <laughs> it might taste a bit like don't mm, one, yeah. one not one thing not the other you, the th- i think the thing that's scary is you don't know whether that's flesh or skin oh that is no that's ruined it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i'm not having that yeah Angleberry just it's like a fun shaped berry. Yeah, that's true. I'm into that. Okay. I'd I'd be you don't know what the uh density of that is though. I don't that could just be a bunch of rocks. <laughs> As it's just turned into Plant you rocks. Put, <laughs> trying to put me off every single yeah, one. Like, yep, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um you've got this, a nameless apple kiwi. A nameless apple kiwi. Which is fine. Oh yeah, it's because what would you put? Apple kiwi. Yeah. I don't know about apple kiwi. Mm, I guess it doesn't Contrast. have a core. It's just mush all the way through, mm. and that's kind of upsetting. Is the outside crispy? Yes. And then it's soft inside. Yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, I don't know. I don't. Know. I just don't know yeah. if the two would, would work. I don't trust it. Uh, Colin, what the fuck's going on here? Uh, Colin on the cob with that's... grapes coming out of it. <laughs> it's the leaf. It's the leaf from the ear of corn. Yeah. With these yeah. Grapes. I mean, I don't like grapes anyway because they burst in your mouth. So I just, I clearly. <laughs> I refuse to engage with them on like a name level. Like I, 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 I brought this child into the world and then I abandoned it without giving without it a, a name. name yeah. Um, We're back to names with broccoli. I mean, I think that's cute. I don't. Wait, know. hold on. It's what a dragon it? fruit with a broccoli. Dragon fruit, but broccoli. fundamentally, I don't know what a dragon fruit tastes like or what it's like on the inside. But it's a fruit, right? Allegedly. I'm, I'm not eating that. I'm n- right. No, it, it I'm looks that. like an alien egg. I'm not eating that. Yeah. <laughs> you you cut that open and it's full of a thousand spiders. <laughs> <laughs> or worse, you bite into it. Uh, I genuinely uh, couldn't eat strawberries for about five years because I heard the joke, what's worse than biting into a strawberry and finding a worm? And, well, it's apple. I heard it, heard it with apple. The old oh, school. Oh, apple. see, it was biting into a Can't strawberry believe and they finding half that. a worm. Yeah, half um, a, yeah. yeah. Yeah, grim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we're back to cursed no it's it, still cursed it's pretty cursed yeah it's a banana melon <laughs> yeah but like the, it's coming off the top like 
like pineapple leaves, yeah. right? No, it's it's not, a bad design. I'm just not happy with that. Uh, it's okay. And and it's going to get worse. It is not. We're coming up to a quality roll. Asparagus grapes. Asparagus grapes is great. Look at how cute they are. That's they're not gr- cute. That's it's, it's very cute. <laughs> I think they're really cute. You get, what, it's Look like, at the lovely soft... combination of the sage green and the lavender. But in my head, it's the flavor, right? Okay. Asparagus grape combo. Yeah, like, I guess the flavor of asparagus bursting in your mouth in with, a with like liquid a way. Yeah. Tint? Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not. Wrong. But, mm, Second yeah. wrong. Pearsley. Pearsley. I don't know what parsley really... I know. I know of parsley, but I can't... I tell you what, I, at first it. I was horrified, but okay. actually, I don't think those two flavors would be that bad. No, no. I don't know if I'd love it, but it's kind of a sweet, sweeter yeah. herb. Yeah. I'm, I'm giving it a pass. Yeah. Cauliflower. I think that's adorable. I'm into it. Yeah. Yeah. But I am. I am veggie, so that's like uh, that's some veggie shit right there. Putting yeah. fennel and cauliflower together, it's like yeah. Roast that bad boy. You oh, absolutely. Oh my that's God. your Sunday roast. That's one hundred. Yeah, I think did I, I think I made one of them um and it looked really good cook no no unfortunately (laughs) i went into uh being a dummy and doing art and not gene splicing (laughs) give me my cauliflower now it sounds like an illness his cauliflower's all engorged oh no (laughs) i was gonna say inflamed i regret that (laughs) I'm upset. Why did I say that? <laughs> oh my god! I regret that. That, that happened. Yep. Um, moving on. Pump cake. Yeah, of delicious. course. Delicious. Obviously, pumpkin. Delicious cake. Let's go. Mushroom. Yep. Tasty. Get, get that out of here. I hate mushrooms. Oh, I don't like them either. But it looks like it's chocolate. So. I know, but what if it's chocolate with the consistency of a mushroom? That's. Grim. that's upsetting yeah that is upsetting I, and it tastes like chocolate but it bite into it like a mushroom yeah. oh my god get yeah it, get it out of here so i want you to delete the ones i don't okay yeah yeah <laughs> okay. i'll retroactively go back to 2017 turn apricot them. can you can you not can you not <laughs> can you turn apricot not i don't know what a turnip tastes like very I forget, different to an apricot i forget the turnips are actual vegetables <laughs> Like in that way that like people talk about turnips, <laughs> like they're from the Middle Ages, and so I'm like, yeah. you tur- think like they don't like this sort of <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like, now because they're like, old. Yeah, like they they're they're foods from the past. It was like a crop rotation thing, right? Stick yeah. some turnips in and make the field all shitty. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like when people refer to potatoes as tubers. Oh, and I'm like, I'm sorry. No. Are we in Lord of the Rings? Yeah. Like... <laughs> You're trying to put me off potatoes forever. <laughs> tubers. Who wants tubers for dinner, kids? Fresh batch mashed... of fried tubers yeah. for you. Instead of mashed potato. Smash some tubers to bits. Ugh. Who wants to eat it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then you've redeemed yourself immediately afterwards. Star fruitbub. Star, fr- star fruitbub. It's, it's cheerful. It's bright. I, I it looks tasty. I, it I, looks I, like a good barbecue food. I saw this, which is a shape of a star, a piece of star fruit with like a rhubarb bottom half yeah colored flavored mm. and it made me sad because it's not real i'm sorry and i felt i'd have to I'll go get and back sit to down. gene splicing <laughs> yeah if you could yeah sprouts all sprout pretzel shaped sprout i love sprouts That's, oh, okay I'm into okay it. i thought you were going to get no, very angry i could eat a fucking bucket of those <laughs> and then it's got the right shape for lots of butter yes it, 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 it's it, it perfect. has it has butter ridges 
It's making me hungry. <laughs> um, I'm, now, I don't know what the fish skits going on because I'm virtual, <laughs> so I don't know what to do with this. Is yeah. it just fish shaped or is it I think it's fish, fish shaped. Element? I don't think there's... I haven't... Is that I, alive? I was, is that biscuit alive? <laughs> I, I don't think so. Okay, that's fine. I, I think I may have been running out of ideas at this point. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like biscuit, but yeah. <laughs> Genuinely, I think I, I was just sitting there turned to one of my friends just being like, we need to think of some more <laughs> puns. We need some more portmanteaus right now. <laughs> and it's probably right because the last one we have here is asparagalic. I don't... <laughs> That's if you just like fuck. There's a G in it. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah. garlic. <laughs> it's going through the same uh, thought process as asparagrapes, mm. but yeah, at yeah. least at least the two flavors are similar. Yeah, that would actually well, taste similar, pretty good. That's just putting garlic on some asparagus. I it? mean, you put garlic on anything it's without amazing. the hassle. <laughs> it just comes with it. Garlic Built shaped. in. Garlic yeah. shaped. No. Yeah. So yeah. That's that's it now. So I, I've grilling, got grilling over. I've got around about uh one in ten approval rating. Maybe two out of ten. There's a few. I've got a twenty percent approval rating. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, there's about five that I'm into and the other ones. To be fair. Gonna put you in jail. Yeah. To basically. be fair, aside the ones that I actually made mm-hmm. on my website. Yes. I there's only one that you fundamentally disagree with, and that's the that's the mush roll. And even that oh, yeah. looks kinda tasty there. It does a little. It does a little bit. I'm not sure. Uh, I can see the mushroom and it's so. So the chocolate's dripping down, but there's still. I can see the mushroom stool on the back. Uh, so that's that's just, right. Oh yeah. No. See the what? Yeah, that's fair. I understand. So I'm just gonna go. And, uh, I'll have to leave an article, please. That's, that's so. okay. But I'll, thanks. They'll put me in jail. In thanks food for... jail. <laughs> I know. I have to stop talking to you because now it's time to go to food jail. Yeah. Yeah. I, for crimes against humanity and also vegetables. So I'm glad we cleared that. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>